personalization. Personalization. Personalization in advertising, yes. In the realms of advertising. My name is Max Delucier. Brilliant. 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 And I'm Jamie Masters. This is the Adelphoid Podcast. We're going to be debating uh, and exploring advertising's big buzzword of the minute, which is personalization. So we went to see Sam Crowther, head of creative at A Million Ads. Sam's job is to make personalized audio ads. So he's the very person to come to to find out what it's all about. It is a way of taking an ad, or it could be a podcast or whatever, and any of the elements that construct that ad can be changed based on the data that is known about the listener at the time and the place and the device that they're using to listen to. This is for people listening on their computers to things or on their smartphones? So, yeah, computers, smart... It, we deliver impressions through IP address, so anything that connects to the internet. So, But the way that we, okay. when we target is, is mobile phones, uh, tablets... Uh, desktops. I mean, in the US, there's more connected cars and things like that as well. Hmm. How many kinds of data can you collect at the moment? And can you envisage collecting in the future? Out of the box, there are some straightforward things. So we know the time of day, the day of week. Um, Then if you're listening online, everyone has a unique IP address. From an IP address, you can gather other information. So it's possible to get someone's location from IP address. It varies in, in, in its accuracy. Um, it's not as good as GPS. As publishers use GPS more and more, then it'll become incredibly accurate. As if you watch Google Maps, it tracks you down to the street that you're on. From IP address, then we can get weather. The best time to search for outdoor furniture is when the weather isn't great for being outdoors. So we know that it's raining in Sheffield when it's actually sunny down in London and we can have you know, copy that corresponds accordingly. After months of darkness, we Swedes like to enjoy every moment of the sun, which is why IKEA have spent so... We know the device type that people are listening on. We know the OS that they are uh, connected to. There is data that is passed to us from the publisher. So if you're listening to a radio station or a music streaming service, they can send us a music ID to which playlist they're listening to or the station uh, genre they're listening to. And it means then we can make a decision about the music that then we deliver to them. From there, there are lots of other things. So the publishers themselves will have collected demographic information. Now, sometimes that can be called segmentation if they don't know for sure. Um, or if it's uh, logged in, then sometimes you give your date of birth and whether you're male or female or all that details when you log in. Now, that data will come back to haunt you in some ways because it means that they can target more closely. So if you're not truthful about that, you'll probably end up getting the wrong types of <laughs> personalised ads. But if you've given accurate information, then they will use that in their advertising. When you go into the sort of logged in uh, world, um, direct partnerships with music streaming, they can give a huge amount of information. So they could pass on information to do with BPMs and the type of instrumentation that were in the last track that you were listening to. Those pieces of data are relatively generic. I've shared much more personal information, even on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, every single day. We're, we're posting much more personal pieces of information about our lives. Do you guys tap into that? Is that something yeah. that you're looking to tap into? So there's this whole other other field. So there's the stuff that the, the publishers themselves might have collected, but then you get uh, this sort of external stuff. And that is where data can be pulled from, like the advertiser's source. So it could be the actual live prices of a flight from Manchester to Ibiza at that moment that the ad served. And as long as you've recorded the different possible prices, it means that the right price can be served. 
the world's first dynamic creative campaign was for the National Lottery, which just had one bed. And uh, then it had different lines that were telling you where your money from playing the National Lottery, um, the good causes that have been supported. And then it took location data and, and, and told you that figure for the city that you're in or the region you're in, or there was a national figure as well. Thank you for making an incredible difference. By playing the National Lottery, you've supported over 41,000 local projects here in the southeast. You've supported over 2,500 amazing local projects here in Nottingham. 28,000, 3,500, 61,000 amazing local projects here in Scotland, here in the East Midlands, here in Newcastle. And then it had some different ways in which your money had been spent and they were done on sequence. So we knew that someone had been delivered one of those messages first and then the next time they'd hear something different. So, you know, there were like a few hundred different combinations. But if you add more data points, then it becomes tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And we've actually been running campaigns that have now hit a million different versions. So a million people could hear the version that's right for them. And you, we can do the same with, with obviously betting odds and things like that. We did a we did a, a like a demonstration ad for Skybet, and we did every single Premier League team versus every Premier League team, every possible outcome result. With the Sky Tracker app. Next matchup: Arsenal versus Tottenham Hotspur. Ready for action. Fancy a home win? One nil. Ten pound stake wins eighty five pounds. There's 770,000 possible combinations when you do that. West Bromwich Albion versus Crystal Palace. Fancy an away win. 4-1, 10 pounds. Then they have everything, every ad that they would possibly need for an entire season. Next matchup, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Leicester City versus Burnley versus Everton, Watford, Sunderland, West Ham United. And then they could drive that by location if they want to do. So they could upload ads just in the Merseyside area. Or they could tap into, let's say, someone like Talk Sport the fact that I'm a Liverpool fan and you might support a different team, if you've given that information to the publisher, then they can make sure that the odds either are for Liverpool winning or Man U losing. And is there enough evidence out there to show that delivering personalised content to audiences means that there are deeper levels of engagement, that effectively advertising is there to sell more products, that more people go out to the supermarkets and put more tea in their shopping yeah. trolleys. Uh, yes, there is. Uh, there's a lot of evidence uh, sort of generally about personalisation of messaging. The big media groups have done a lot about that. You wouldn't see the investment that you see when you go onto uh, Netflix or YouTube or Amazon without them going down that route if there hadn't been evidence about it. In terms of advertising, yes, there is in display and in video where they've been operating for longer. In audio, we've only just started doing it. We've run a few studies and they do show uplifts, uplifts in the sort of standard advertising things of awareness and engagement and its ability to stand out. And whenever we're running campaigns of a certain scale, we're doing research around them because we want to learn. But until you run campaigns, you never really know. For me, there's two types of advertising. There's advertising that's quite direct and sells product and price points, etc. Um, and there's advertising that builds brands and builds brand love and brand affinity. Can the personalised approach do both? Or do you think it's more suited to product and price and things that we can change in real time and, and based upon data and things that we know that we want? Or do you think that this idea of personalisation can also live in this world where brands want to build affinity and love through their advertising and the way that they want to be perceived? Uh, I definitely think it can do both. And I think there are occasions when, yeah, hard sell and a good offer makes us pay attention and think, actually, that's pretty cool. But for me, you're always representing the brand. If, if you're a brand that's doing a price push or you're, you're doing something tactical, you're still representing the brand. So what else have you got? What other things can you use? Retargeting. So if you go onto 
Amazon and you search for something, suddenly every display ad you look at is of the, the product that you were searching yeah. for. And that's called retargeting data. And so, so technically, we can, we can take that data as well. And, and that's not annoying. Well, we don't know yet. <laughs> we'll well, see. Yeah. It comes down to what you want the data to do. You could do it in an uncreative way and you could annoy people or you could do it in a, in, in a really interesting way where you want to hear the next ad. I mean, this is what you know, we need to, to, to do. For an audience right now, there have to be a lot of cultural prejudices about being approached in this way. There's a novelty value. Hey, that's cute. Mm. I was looking for a kite. And then, look, it just popped up. I yeah. guess there's something intelligent going on. Personally, I don't mind the fact that when I log on to YouTube, I'm offered some videos to look at that do genuinely interest me based on my previous choices. Yeah. I don't mind going to Amazon and finding the same thing. So, you know, I can see that it's not all bad. Yeah, and and, and, and when you, you go to Spotify or, or music streams, you would, or in this day and age, you'd expect it to, mm. to, to, to have would, some sort of form it. of per, personalization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to be quite annoying if it didn't, because yeah. you'd have to wade through a whole load of irrelevant stuff that, that, that yeah. really didn't interest you. I mean, you can certainly make the case that some of these ads are doing good and are offering, offering things to people that they genuinely want. Mm. On the other hand, you can't always depend upon that with ads. There isn't always the assumption that the commercials have your best interests at heart. <laughs> no, you can be sure that they've got the, the company that's yeah, paying for its yeah. best interests. And the more that we suspect thing. that, the more that we're liable to, uh, to resent being approached in this familiar, chummy sort of way. And that must be especially true if you're using somebody's name, uh, which is something I know you can do and you do do it. I can, I can see the power of it. Name is the one sound that we react to more in our entire lives. The cocktail party effect where you're at a cocktail party and someone mentions your name and you're automatically drawn to it, even though you weren't consciously paying attention to that conversation. We cannot avoid it. And we have to be very careful it's, how we apply it. That's the one that's going to get people riled up, if anything. Mm, possibly, yeah. It's when it's Jamie Masters. It's... Calling me by name, yeah. I will find that irritating. Most people will find that irritating. But, I mean, there are probably ways you can get around it. Some ways you can make it acceptable. Mm. If Jamie Masters, it's your birthday, <laughs> um, come, you know, come to such and such a place and we'll give you a half-price deal on, on, yeah. on a, a cup of coffee. I suppose. If you give somebody a prize, yeah. then, then it's, it, it may be acceptable. But I think most of the time... I'm just going to magic Sam away for a moment. Bye, Sam. Right, well, now that he's gone, before he comes back, I just feel I need to address the elephant in the room. So there was this film made some years ago, 2000 and something, called Minority Report. Science fiction, big budget, Steven Spielberg. And in it, there's a famous scene where the hero, who goes by the name John Anderton, who is identified by scanners that can read his irises, has to walk through a shopping mall. As he does so, he is almost literally assaulted by the legions of adverts which are calling him by name, inviting him to buy their products, inviting him out for beers, inviting him to go on holiday. You see on the actor's face a kind of irritation He's determined to get through to his destination, but he finds his attention being continually distracted. And that dystopian vision of a future where advertising has such power to intrude 
is probably at the back of a lot of the fears that I might have and you might have, Angie. Hi, Angie. So, so it's kind of interesting to me that we appear to be standing on the brink of something very much like that. And it might not be my business to try to question the wrongs and rights of it, at least as a moral issue, though I think they will arise. But they are relevant to the project in that they, they might predict how the consumer is going to respond to them. Anyway, let's bring Sam back into the room. Hi, Sam. But for my mind, it comes to that conscious or subconscious use. Now, we could use ads with our names in it, draw, and it does exactly the same effect as if you say, Jamie, come for a beer, we've got an offer on. Or it could just be a really nice story where the main character's called Jamie and he goes for a beer. Now, you, your attention's drawn to that, but yeah, yeah every ad with that would, would not be right. And I think it's, it's really important that each brand has their own strategy, that they have their own creativity, that they don't just uh, repeat things. I think the use of name will be a premium use of, of any service. We did a Starbucks script where it was all about the scenario of, um, I, I saw this stat that 25% of coffees in the morning in the US are now pre-ordered on the app. I can't get my head around that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was in one particular city or something, <laughs> Seattle, you know. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, um, um, and then we wanted to do an ad with, with naming. So I was like, well, hold on. If, if you've pre-ordered the app, they know your name because that's what they do. They write it on the coffee cart. Starbucks mobile app. You found your nearest store here in beautiful London. You pre-booked, paid by phone and rocked up as they called out. Jamie, Steve, Suja, Ed, Greg, Hannah, Sasha, Francesca, Jeremy, Andy, Ashley. You earned your reward stars. Ooh, free coffee next time. So you recorded what? Several hundred common names. Yeah, but the thing is with names is you get this long tail. So actually 400 um, can reach 60, 70, 80% of a, of a target yes. population, you know. Artificial intelligence, machine learning. Machine learning means the, the processing power that we have, we can just point it in any direction. So if you just say, analyze every actor and how they've said certain words in certain ways, then, then the voice synthesis that we get back will become more and more accurate. That is happening it's happening right now uh, but if you put that into a computer and said right i want shout i want five thousand names you it would also it would just do it it would be done so so in the future where is this all going i mean facebook youtube google amazon these big companies that are gathering together all our data what what's what's happening there what's going to happen there? facebook you'd imagine all the personal data they have if they Let's say if they bought, let's say I'm just speculating here, but if they if they if they bought uh, Spotify in the way that YouTube was bought by Google, if they cross those two things, so you have a Spotify account and you, obviously you have a Facebook page, then they know all of your personal uh, interests as well as all your music listening habits and the fact that you like thrash music on a Sunday evening and uh, you like <laughs> I said yeah I don't know I'm just I'm just guessing here. <laughs> But then they put that into into all the other data that they have about you, and, and yeah, and yeah. then they own you. And then then you have to you. start worrying. Yeah, I mean, okay, you say I mean, obviously I'm joking, but in a way I'm not joking. I mean, do we worry about where this all goes? I mean, if we look a little bit further into the future, isn't this all very alarming? Or are we just going to get used to it? I think and the point to make is that I, I, I don't think everything, every campaign will go this way. Because I think there will still be people that when they sit down and they go, what do we want to do from this campaign? They will go 
and do what traditionally has been done sometimes. And we'll go, we're going out with one ad to a load of people. And there will be, an, there will be occasions, many occasions, where that is the right thing to do. But other briefs that yes, people come I, I can't up, see this approach absolutely supplanting... No. The the traditional way of doing ads. I think it'll it'll just be an uh, you know a, an extra very powerful tool that that gets added to the toolbox. Yeah, I guess a lot of this will start off being novelty, and then five years time we'll wonder how we ever managed without it. Yeah, like you say, if if it's useful, if that process benefits us in some way, then yes, I can see it take up. I suppose it's possible to imagine a time in the future when if you gave people the choice, said you can either have ads that don't address your needs at all. They'll just be mass broadcast stuff. Or you can have specifically targeted ones which offer you things that you might actually make use of. People probably choose the latter. I still feel like ads are a, a, a cultural unifying thing. I like being part of that culture where everybody knows and sees the same ads all around but I guess it's asking a bit much to, yeah. for the agencies to fund, to fund my cultural experience. Yeah, and there, there's a shift, a generational one. We've got yeah. we've got kids that are walking up to TVs and expecting to swipe it. You know, <laughs> they, they see a screen, and that's what they think it does. Yeah. Um, so, so it's what you what you are used to, and um, and yeah, you've got a generation that are used to personalised experiences and understand that trade off. Then, then that will come through more, more and more. But um, yeah, like like we said, it, it it it'll be good for some people, not for others. You know. This podcast was brought to you by Adelphoi Music. Adelphoi Music is a music agency based in the heart of London and Amsterdam, connecting brands with their audiences through music and sound.